good morning. I'm wide awake and scrappy. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. Maybe it's midnight. I don't I don't worry about that. Somebody said you ought to do this and you ought to do that. You know what? You ought to listen to the podcast for a minute and quit telling everybody what to do. Somebody said you ought to be in bed, Steve. You ought to be asleep. You know what? You don't know what I've done today. You don't know where I've been today. You need to listen to this podcast. Quit quit giving your prescriptions. You're not a doctor. I'm going to give you a license to listen to me for the next few minutes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's test time out there. It's a test of your sanity right now. It's a test of whatever religion you have. You're about to be tested. Um, I don't really care what brand of religion you have. And uh, if you don't have any religion, I don't care about that either because what I'm talking about is whatever you are is about to be tested. I think it says in the good book that that we are tested, we're tried. Uh, I heard the song, I'm tempted and tried. Now in that situation, it means you're being tested. I am tempted and I am tried. Are you? Well, sure you are. We all are. I am all the time. But right now, you, my friend, and I are getting a big test. We really are. So all that hot air talk and all that all that nonsense that you and I have lived, said, and prescribed to everybody else. Listen, I want to talk to you for a minute. Uh, here's a question I had. The other day, uh, I've got a lot of uh, pastor friends. Uh, I'm a Bible reader. I'm a Bible student. Uh, I'm just about a Bible scholar. I used to have the habit of writing for gospel uh, Christian publications. I like to write. And I would write in there, you ought to do this and you ought to do that. I was an agent of correction. If somebody was doing something that I thought, you know, was uh, off kelter, I could correct them in public real easy. <laughs> I was real young, and I don't do that anymore. I'm sorry, and I repent, but I can't change it. But it's back there if you want to look it up. I hope that stuff stays buried, don't you? <laughs> don't dig around for that stuff. You'll find it. <laughs> Pardon me. Well, you know, uh, well, when you're around a bunch of other pastors, you can let your uh, holy hair down. You can let your religious self be real for a minute. So so I like to ask cranky questions whenever I'm around religious people. And uh, I said to one of my pastor friends, I said, hey, can you do a, uh, can you do an Einstein thought experiment for a minute? He said, what? I said, you know, when Einstein was too poor to have a laboratory, when he was too young for anybody to believe what he said, he just would conduct experiments in his mind. He called these thought experiments. He would say things like, well, suppose I was in an elevator and it was falling throughout a space. And then what if I looked at my watch? <laughs> and I thought, I got lost already. I didn't, I didn't know what he was talking about. But I enjoyed reading those uh, experiments. They were published in the, uh, to use the Latin phrase, Annabilis Miraculous. <laughs> 
I didn't say I could pronounce it. <laughs> a lot of times I'm, I'll see a word and I can, I can say it. Uh, I mean, I know what it means, but I can't say it. In the case, for example, of Annabella's uh, Miraculous, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't say it that way. But what it means is Annabellus means year, annually, <laughs> year, yearly, annually, Annabellus. That's probably has uh, some kind of grammatical commandment there, like it means preposition, or it means, uh, uh, I can't even think of the words of uh, the, you know, whatever, a gerund. It's probably a gerund in the service of a preposition. <laughs> well, if you're good at that, good for you. But I don't, I don't know. I just know that it means this, annual. And then the other one is uh, miraculous. <laughs> and it's not really pronounced that way, but I'm just kind of kidding around. It means the year of the miracle. One, one year, Einstein wrote five different mathematical, theoretical, astrophysical, astronomical, arithmetical, uh, miraculous <laughs> papers on theoretical physics. I happen to like theoretical physics, and I've read books that are even as dense and deep as Kip Thorne's book called Black Holes. If you look up into the night sky and look for a black hole, well, good luck, because <laughs> they're not easy to see. No, they're not. Uh, I miss uh, Stephen Hawking. I really miss Stephen Hawking. Well, what I'm trying to talk to you, and by the way, I'm out here in the carport. Uh, I mean, I'm out here in my studio, excuse me. <laughs> This is The Neighbors. It's a podcast that we, we present whenever we feel like it, two or three times a day. Couldn't be done without the help, support, and the uh, platform tools of Anchor.fm. Thank you, Anchor. Thank you, Anchor.fm. No charge. I can't believe it. I still look around over my shoulder. If there's some kind of Anchor evil, Anchor uh, agents trying to sneak into my house. I, don't, I haven't seen them yet. Thank you, Anchor.fm, for believing what I do. Sovereignty rests with the people, not the bosses. No, sir. I'm sorry, management. Get out of my carport. I mean, get out of my studio. No, uh, sovereignty rests with the people. So it doesn't rest with the chief executives. If you're a chief executive and you're in here with my podcast, why don't you get off and go to your cloud? Leave me and everybody else alone. Man, we're tired of being bossed around. I got tired of being bossed around a long time ago. I got to where one day I told one of my bosses, guess what? You're not bossing me around anymore. I quit, man. You're no good. I don't like working for you. I'm going to find somebody else. If you don't like the boss you're working for, do what I do. Fire them. I do. I fire them. I move off to another place. I found another place to work. Tonight's podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm, where you can have your own podcast. It'll cost you nothing except the investment of time to make it a quality product. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I hope I can do a better job. I really do. I hope I can do a better job. I'm checking my phone to make sure I've got this thing on. <laughs>
Can I have just a minute or two of your time tonight? I want to talk to you friends and neighbors here, 17 Ivy's Circle. If you're lonesome, lend your ears to my lonely voice. Calling to you across the cosmos, time and space. A lost neighbor on the lost highway. I said one day to a bunch of these preacher guys that were hanging out, preacher ladies too now, I like the, some of the preacher ladies we have today are really doing a good job, except when they do stuff that I don't agree with. <laughs> and then I have to rebuke them and say, hey, quittest thou what thou sayest. <laughs> it's fun to talk to uh, fellow preachers, uh, lapsed Christians, uh, atheists, it doesn't matter. Uh, God loves the goddamned. If you don't know what I mean, I'm sorry. But the truth of the matter is that God is love, I think. Uh, if you're if you're in the category of questioning, you could have said, if there is a God, he is love. Okay, I agree. You know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, here in our studio tonight, we're uh, podcasting for the people and uh, test, attempted, they are tested and tried tonight by an evil foreign bacterial agent of death. Thousands have died all over the world. The poor people are at risk every, every second of every day. I'm living really good here in Bentonville, home of the billionaires, the zillionaires, the millionaires, and the trillionaires. Me, I'm living on the, I'm living by the come and go gas station. <laughs> and I like that because, see, if I, if I get pushed out of my house, Come and goes right uh, two blocks over. Uh, they're over twenty four seven. What are they gonna do? Make me leave? No, they're not. I'm gonna sit out there and have a Coca Cola and some some peanuts and watch the world spin by. Twenty four seven at the come and go can't beat that. Almost heaven. Twenty twenty four seven at the come and go gas station and convenience store. Conveniently high price to take away all your money. <laughs> I uh, just want to have another minute or two of your time. So I had said to my preacher friend, hey, preacher, what if they took the Bible away and you couldn't find it? It says in the good book, old book, uh, back there in the old book, it says the people uh, had gotten to where they didn't read their uh their Bible, they didn't, they didn't listen to any of their religion, and uh, they lost it. And they did lose it, and uh, they lost it. You'll never believe this, but they lost it in their own temple. So they were going to church every Sunday, but they'd lost their Bible. Wow, <laughs> Church of the Lost Highway. <laughs> I don't know what they were working with, but they didn't have a Bible. That's, that's not an easy task. I taught for a whole year one time, and the they made me teach this class. Nobody else would teach it. It was a really horrible class. And furthermore, the lady said, uh, principal that made me teach it said, Steve, uh, we don't have a textbook right now for this class. I thought, holy cow. <laughs> that was not an easy year. One year, one day during that class, some fancy high-toned parents came in and complained and said, He's teaching in that class and off the top of his head, and there's no book in there. And I thought, well, way to go, Joe. 
Right. That's the whole point. It was basically a current events class. You know, what's up? And then we'd talk about it. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that good either, but they got all burned out about it. And I thought, don't tell, don't, don't tell on me. I didn't, I didn't want to be in there either. And your kid's no fun to teach, pal. She's just like you. Multiply it. Exponentially. Rude. And uncivilized. I said to my preacher lady friend, I said, hey, uh, what would you do if you lost your lost your book and, you, and what would you use for your sermons? I, I was, I was kind of serious, you know. I said, what would you use for your sermons? She was a smart aleck and said, yeah, Steve, that's a really, ha, ha, ha. Well, what would you do, Steve? And I said, that's easy. I'd be wide awake and scrappy and I'd get in my pulpit and I'd say, hey, friends and neighbors. I'd say, hey, let's talk about uh, something. I'd use, I'm trying to find, I wrote it down somewhere. I'd, I'd use for my text a Hank Williams song. Starting off, we'll sing, I'll have a new life, I'll have a new body on that great judgment morning. Then it stopped and have a commercial for Mother's Best Flour, Mother's Fine Feed, and other mother products. And then it say, hey, right now we're going to read some cards and letters that you folks have been sending in to the podcast. Do you know that here at our podcast, uh, The Neighbors on Anchor.fm, we have a comment station. Push that button, leave a voice message, and say, Mr. Gunner, I don't like what you're saying, and I'll say, hey, why don't you find your own, why don't you write your own podcast, and I'll come listen to you and give you a critique and let you know how you're doing. <laughs> that shut him up, didn't it? <laughs> okay, time to get back to the sermon. Now, we're going to go to a Hank Williams song. It's called, I Just Don't Like This Kind of Living. It starts off singing stuff like, Hey, I'm tired of doing all the giving. I just don't like this kind of living. You know, I don't like this kind of living. You go outside and the, the uh, invisible enemy tries to kill you. You go down to the Walmart and people get all tensed up. And I'm one of them. And I went in there the other day and I got all tensed up. And I, this kid was waiting on me like, you know, I'll just take my time. And I said, hurry up, Jack. The corona's in here somewhere. It's trying to kill me. He thought I was kidding. And the more he thought I was kidding the more uptight I, the righteous customer, became. Oh, I went outside and I repented. But I didn't go back inside because the corona's in there. And I went home. But there's some uptight people, man. Be careful out there. Tempted, tested, and tried. America on the cross of gold. I had a guy complain to me about how tough it was to be a Christian. And I said, oh, yeah? Well, listen, pal. In the early days, the first 300 years of the, of the Christian people, they were the aliens and atheists, and the Romans were officially pagans. And if they caught you being a Christian, guess what they did? If you think it's tough to listen to a preacher on Easter talk about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ up there on the cross, they nailed him in, and they go through that whole bloody thing of, of re, you know, like re-torturing uh, the Lord up there, and you have to listen to him. And some of the preachers are real good about crucifying Jesus all over again, and it just kind of rankles uh, my spirit, I don't like to hear that kind of sermon. I don't. That's not. That's not Easter for me. I'd rather talk about the Easter Bunny and hear all that. So, I said to this self-righteous publican, I said, "Hey, pal, don't don't tell me about it. Listen, pal. Look, 
You got that easy Christianity of the millionaire. Let me tell you something right now, man. That's not Christianity. You know what that is? That's baloneyanity. You know what? In the first 300 years of the uh, Christian movement, they were, man, they were illegal. They, you know where the church met, do you? When you go to Rome, they show you the original church. They don't go to St. Peter's and Pope Francis is sitting on a throne of gold. Get out of here. They don't do that. <laughs> no, that's millionaire Christianity. Fooey. Who was it that said, I don't have anywhere to, I don't have anywhere to sleep tonight? That was Jesus Christ. Who, who, uh, where was he? He said, I don't even, I, a bird has a nest. I don't even have a bird nest. Well, golly, I used to know an old drunk over in Fayetteville. He lived in a tent. At least he had a tent. You know, he smelled bad. Dave was a friend of mine, but he smelled bad. And uh, he needed a bath and he drank too much. But, uh, but at least he had a tent. And uh, Dave was kind of a nice person. I think he was a Christian. And you know what? He used to, he used to share his tent. And if there's, and if you were homeless, and he was homeless, but he didn't know it, and uh, he he uh, he would say to the fellow uh, hobo jungle person, "Hey, why don't you why don't you why don't you come on over? Hey, why don't you come on in and move it on over? Because we got room for you, man. Hey, come on. And, and he probably has some rules like you know, no snoring. Hey, don't steal my uh, whiskey. <laughs> we're all just human." Lighten up, lighten up. Smile a while, man. Relax your frown. Lower your judgmentalness. Give yourself a break, or at least give me one, please. So I said to her, I would use my Hank Williams music and I would make it my sermon. And uh, then the, I would talk about that one right there that I was discussing. And, and uh, I would say, hey, pal, guess what? You know, in those first 300 years, the church met in a sewer. How many of these millionaire Christians would go, go to worship uh, next weekend if they had to meet in the sewer? You, no, they wouldn't. Listen, I live pretty close to the sewer because the rent's cheap, cheaper. I do. And you can smell that thing once in a while. It's just right over here. Come, you come visit me here at the Ivy area. After I get through showing you our come and go, which is a darn good one, I'm going to take you over to the nearby water station, which is actually the city sewer. And, and if, the, if the wind's blowing just right, uh, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Blowing in the wind, to me, means the city sewage. A stench that's pretty hard to uh, get out of your nose and mind once you've had a stench of Bentonville billionaires. Their stench is an unusually deep and atrocious one. Well, I said to the, my friend, I said, if I couldn't, if our Bible was lost in the downtown church, and perhaps it is in your church, I don't know, but uh, uh, I would simply get out my Hank Williams, and there would be a million different songs. I'm going to close with today's uh, masterpiece. Hank Williams described this song as a mini masterpiece that he wrote one day just for himself. Rarely did, He said, I've rarely heard anybody ask me to sing this song for themselves but they usually want me to sing this song for you. It's called, Why Don't You Mind Your Own Business? <laughs> Remember that part of the song where it says, uh, Why Don't You Mind Your Own Business? The woman on the party line, she sure is a nosy friend of mine. Why don't you mind your own business? 
If you mind your own business, brother, you'll be busy all the time. And you won't have time to be busy in mind. Listen, friend, when you get out there tomorrow morning and you can't remember what the Bible says that you ought to do, as you go into the neighborhood market, the Walmart, uh, see, that's the last, uh, there's only going to be one grocery store. There's only going to be one uh, store for everything else. That's called Amazon. There'll only be about two stores. And uh, if you're in one of those stores and, you, and you're, uh, you know, you don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to run your day, well, just think about what Brother Hank said. Why don't you mind your own business and you'll be so busy you can't mind mine. Neighbor, that's the gospel according to Hank Williams, the lovesick, lonesome blues boy, Nashville, Tennessee, singing his heart out for the cause. Thanks for coming to see us today. Have a great evening. Good night.